Welcome to another fun-filled edition of the Amigos, Everything Amiga Podcast. I'm your buddy, your good pal, your bosom companion, Amigo Aaron. And I'm the other guy. Well, it's, you know, normally I'm joined by John Boat of Carshaller, but this week, Boat is on vacation, and so... A well-earned vacation, That's right. We asked ourselves, what do you do to replace the human boat? The answer, you get the human anchor. And I give you... The man who's been weighing me down for decades, the Brent. Yeah, 40 of them. That's right. And he's going to be filling in for both this week. What's it like to be back in the big chair? I, like I said before, the main event. I finally made it. I clawed my way back up. Yeah. All I had to do was eliminate the competition. Oh. <laughs> so you're the one that gave boat heat. That's it. I, I knew he would have gotten sick on vacation. It's the boat way. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yes, boat is uh, boats out in Arizona now. The, uh, the arid deserts of Arizona. And of course... Uh, being the, lingui- the logistical genius, I'm not saying linguistical, but he can speak. He can speak a little uh, pig, pig Latin. Uh, but Herbie, uh, Herbie, Herbie. but uh, he he picked the hottest time of the year to go to the hottest place on earth, and then he thought to himself, "Heck, let's go hiking." Yeah. And then uh, he went, he said, "Heck, let's go to the hospital for uh, heat exhaustion." So Boat had had a rough week. To be fair, at least he did one before the other. That's true. If you just showed up to the hospital, like, hey guys, I'm feeling great. Now let's go to the desert. <laughs> That's a valid point. Now, you know, normally, uh, the Brent, you are not a part of the Amiga scene, except when we covered that on ARG. So, what was it like to step back into the uh, the comfortable slippers of the Commodore Amiga this week? Well, you know, I, I have nothing against the Amiga. You made, you made it sound like I'm just like, oh, Amiga bad. Amiga's only sometimes bad when yeah. they try to make a console. Well, that's. <laughs> Listen, we're not going to fight you on that one. <laughs> you got a valid point there. I uh, uh, did a lot of gussying up this week. I don't know if you look behind you here, but I've got all my cool Amiga crap out. I can tell you polished the old dome for no, the, the show. No, the dome is oh. pre-polished, you there jerk. You I'm talking about the background. Oh, yeah. There's all the cool stuff I got back there. I got it all I got it all powered up, fired up. Uh, so I, did, I got a lot of uh, hot uh, Amiga action in this week. There was some, uh, it was a, I would say, slowish... Uh, news uh, this week, but before we get into the news, I want to talk about the forthcoming, Brent, the forthcoming Amiga-thon. Yes. It will be happening, uh, Brent. Just in a few, what's the date right there? To July 24th, I believe. Uh, yes, and it, it is, is July 24th. It will be starting at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, and it will be awesome. I think it'll be, we'll have a good time. We're raising money again this year for the children's Miracle Network yes. of hospitals, Brent. Every red dime goes toward the kids. Goes to the kids, uh, and you can uh, you can submit your uh, your cash donation today at amigathon.com. We are. You can go ahead and get your donation right now, unless you just want to wait until the actual event. Uh, we've already raised, uh, I think, over eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, more than a few pennies have already hit the website. That's Good right. Good to see. Good to see. We're gonna have an excellent lineup of. Uh, guests this year, uh, Brent on the show. We've got uh, Kim Justice is going to be there. Control Reese is going to be there. Uh, our good buddy Doug is going to be there. Uh, Dan and Ravi are going to be there, our good friends. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of fun guests. There's going to be cool prizes. Oh. Uh, and we're going to go play games and have a good time. Oh, Amiga Bill, I should mention. He's, gonna, he's got a, a big uh, game he's going to be doing Oh, you've, on the show. you've left out tons of people. Oh, yeah. Who else you got? Who else is coming? Me. Oh, good Lord. No one else that's important. Oh. Uh, once we do 12 hours of game time, we're switching over to the 12 hour of streamers time. They're going to keep the ball rolling. We've lined up some good streamers, uh, too. Some top-shelf streamers this yeah. year, uh, uh, including Rob Flack O'Hara, uh, Stevie Stroh from Coco Talk's going to take some time on it. Our good friend Mr. Cole is going to be there from Wide Wide World of Retro David Z, the mysterious David Z, who has parrots and dogs and all kinds of crazy stuff in the background. It's always a good time with Dave. Uh, and just uh, just entering the fray, uh, our good buddies over at the Teen Speaker Regulars have grabbed an hour. That ought to be interesting. Absolutely. I think we might both try to sneak in yeah, on that. Yeah, we might try to hop in on that. So it should be a good time. Uh, again, uh, coming up just a couple Saturdays, Brent. It yes. should be fun. Uh, please join us for Amigathon uh, this year. Well, what do you say? You want to try uh, looking at some news? Let's do it. Let's news give it a us shot, up. shall we? Let's do it. I was just thinking, 
I wonder what's going on in the land of Amiga. Well, allow me to hit the gamble train and show you. Woo! Amiga News. All right, we got some interesting tidbits coming in from our old buddies in the Discord this week. There wasn't a ton of news, but I wanted to touch on a couple things that, that happened. And right out of the gate, let's talk about changes in the staff on the Apollo team. The Apollo guys that do the vampire cards, amongst others. Uh, they announced that uh, Igor uh, Mastrovic... And I've heard Igor, so I don't I never have gotten his name right. He's one of the big developers of there, developer of the Amiga, uh, the Vampire Accelerator boards. He's left the group. Oh no! Left the group, Brent. That was surprising. And uh, now I know uh, Igor has been under the gun, right? You know, uh, and uh, I think uh, maybe he just got had enough. I don't know. I don't know what situation is. It says here, despite his withdrawal, he will still be he will still assume warranties for the cards he sold. Oh, so that's good. That's At least good. he's planning on sticking with it like that. Yeah. Now they also announced it's. This is a little. This is a little. Uh, that's a good question. Dave asked if they're dropping the vampire. They don't know. I will say they announced a couple new products, uh, and the they announced the Apollo Firebird and the Apollo Ice Drake. I do notice that they don't say vampire in there. Uh, the the Apollo Firebird uh, for the uh, uh, five hundred to one thousand two thousand. This will fit the the uh, Amiga one thousand. The Brent. Excellent. The, listen to these specs. Uh, a sixty eight oh eighty. That's <laughs> not bad. Sixty four bit AMMX. One hundred and sixty five MIPS. Uh, was it the SADA chipset, 512 meg memory, 16 bit Woo! audio, an Ethernet port, USB joystick port, fast IDE times two SD card, and real time uh, and a real time clock. Not bad. They've also announced the Apollo Ice Drake. Pretty cool. These are like D and D names. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, the I ice you have to slay them before you can order them. The ice Drake uh, vo version four for the Amiga 1200. Uh, you've got uh, 6880, 64 bit AMMX. Uh, pretty much the same stats as the other thing. Yeah. Uh, and so this one has a. This will have all the same stuff. I like the idea of the Amiga 1000 version in particular of this. Now, uh, one would wonder. Uh, at, since with Igor leaving the team, uh, were these? Who knows? I, I'm interested in what these, what exactly these were. If there's been any changes, when do you think these were put in the pipeline? That's, I mean, do that's you a good think, question. Do you think it was before he left, or do you think it was? Well, we know he's leaving. He's going to announce it at such and such time. We need to get a product together to to show that we're still in the market. Yeah, I don't know. It says here. Uh, the production should get underway quarter four of this year uh, slash quarter one of next year and the Firebird will be available first closely followed by the Ice Drake and then the 4000 uh, uh, card is coming in the future so they've got something else cooking for the 4000 uh, brand so pretty interesting uh, there uh, but uh, you know you never know with those guys yeah uh, and of course, these are um, there. There's always a controversy. I, you know, I've never asked you this, Brent, because you're not, you're not an Amiga guy, really. What do you think about uh, uh, putting a card in your Amiga that effectively takes over most of the systems, and you know, and uses the Amiga basically for a keyboard and, and video out? I mean, do you, is well, that, do you, are, do you, are you cool with that, or do you think that takes away the retro aspects the, of it? The, well, here's the question: When you put one of these cards in, do you still consider it an Amiga? That's that's what I'm asking you. Oh no, I don't. No, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what I was asking you too. Uh, it, no, it's no longer an enemy at that point. I mean, there, you know, the whole how much do you have to change of something before it's not what it used to be? Yeah. Like when it comes to a computer, this is way over that line. So it's not. It's still cool. It's still fun to play with. It's still taking your old tech and merging it with your new tech. I'm not saying anything bad about that. But I'm saying it's not an Amiga anymore. You know, it, it, it's become more than an Amiga, really. I like I like stirring the pot on that occasion. I'm not gonna lie, because it, it, I'm, and especially I've never really talked to Brent about it. Uh, you know, and so you've got different people think uh, different things. I mean, you know, really, my number one Amiga right now is the old 
uh, is the old Mister. No, no, it's not. Well, you're. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but that's what I use because it's convenient. Oh, well, and that's all, and fine. Always that's fine. But you don't say, "Here's my Amiga," and you put up a Mister. Come on. Yeah, that's there insulting. Go. There you go. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Very strong feelings from uh, uh, someone that have an Amiga, by the way. Uh, uh, Aaron, I had the mother of all Amigas. Thank you very much. I know. We should. That's a whole other show there. So anyway, uh, interesting stuff there. Let's let's have a look here at, at the next story we've got here. Our good buddy Chris Edwards is running a Pymega 2.0 a boot screen contest. He's actually been running this for a while, uh, and so and I, but he'd mentioned that he didn't get a ton of entries uh, in this bad boy. Shocking. Uh, according to what he's got here, uh, you can't exceed uh, with your boot screen uh, 1024 by 768 at 256 colors, aka 8 bit. The sure. logo must say Pymega 2.0. And uh, he's got a list of what it can have on it. The top list of these prizes. The top three winners receive a uh, RPI for, uh, 1400. That's the little like the little like Raspberry Pi built yeah. into the case yeah. thing. Yeah. 128 uh, gig micro SD and a copy of Pi Mega 2 early. A uh, hundred dollar value it says. So if you are looking to get some sweet action uh, from uh, Chris Edwards, uh, go ahead and throw him some love. I, I will say. Uh, Chris is a is a crazy crazy man. I watch his stuff. He reminds me of a much more competent me, Brent. Oh gosh, because, that yeah. would be dangerous. And, and what I mean by that is he, he's he's loosey goosey. He didn't exactly do everything by the rule book, if you know what I mean. But unlike me, he's way more knowledgeable and he gets stuff done. So there you go. So check him out. Uh, check out his channel. Chris is a real good guy and a real uh, real big player in the Amiga community, and he knows his stuff. So. Throw him a, a bone on the old. Uh, anyway, you know this is a good time to do some art, okay. especially yeah. with with uh, ten marks contest coming up. Why not? Why not make yourself a piece of art and then you could double trouble it. Just slap the uh, pr- appropriate logos on it. Send it over to Chris. Double pay window. Wow. Now, that's, see, do you think that's a little dishonest? Though? No, I think that's totally honest. I don't know, man. I don't like using my my creations for more than one project. I think it's, it's <laughs> dishonest. Listen, Chris is in the house. Chris, admit as a total compliment, you're far, far more competent than me. Well done. <laughs> Actually, a better way to put it is I'm a much, much more incompetent Chris. That's a better... That'd be a more appropriate <laughs> way to put it. So... Chris, when you when you eat soup, do you dribble it down your chin? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I've got problems. So, anyway, check him out. Always a, a good guy uh, over there. He's a good guy. So... That's let's let's enough news. I've had enough of the news, Brent. Let's let's get right into the main event here, shall we? Who liked the news anyway? Stupid topic. Let's move on. Exactly. Here we go with our game of the week, the Brent. Oh my. Now, let's talk about. <laughs> I listen, get the chills just thinking about it. Listen, can we not can we not have a conniption fit here early? And let's try to keep it together. This week, uh, myself and the Brent were tasked with looking at a game called Fly Harder. Yes. Now, this week, Brent, was uh, the host picked the game week. Now... I did not pick this. No. And uh, by the host, I mean the normal host, me and the boat. Oh! And uh, I, believe it or not, boat was like, congratulations, Aaron, your game got chosen. I was like, great! What was it? He said, Fly Harder. I was like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) And so, so, I had to actually sit down and play the game to remember what it was. And what it was, was a game that I had played on stream one time as I rambled through a big long list of games. And I thought to myself, this might be fun to cover. And so, uh, we are covering it. So, Fly Harder released in 93. It came on. Uh, it came in two ways, really. You could get it at the two-disc version, or you could get a uh, CD32 version, which we'll cover here in a minute, uh, the differences, which are practically zero. Uh, a uh, one-player game developed by an outfit called Starbite. You know, wow. uh, I think these guys are out of Germany. I looked at what... It's funny, me and Boat have ran into St- Starbite in the past, but we ran into Starbite as a uh, as a publisher, I believe, and not as a uh, developer. Uh, they did, because I didn't recognize any of these titles, they did uh, a game called Adida Tennis. Uh, they did a game called Black Gold, <laughs> Black Gold, Texas Tea. <laughs> they did a game right. called Rings of Medusa. A Seracon and Tiebreaker. Uh, these are all games that I don't know about. Uh, and uh, all the fellows that work on this have uh, Germanish names. I'm pretty sure this got released early in Germany and got released to everyone else. Now, 
uh, originally this was released for just your plain Jane ECS OCS Amigas. This isn't a, an original Amiga game uh, that actually got converted over uh, to the C64. Those are the only two releases. And they're pretty, they're sort of totally kind of different, but sort of kind of kind of the same, you know. Um, so, what you got here, Brent, in Fly Harder is one's odd game. Now, you know, before we get into a game, we got to get in the plot, because you know I love these. And the plot for this one, you know when you come across a game, and the plot's like, the, the, the Zorwakian Empire have taken over Crumbagia. Yeah. You know, and it just it's like they took a random plot machine. This is the this one is even more generic than that. If I may if I may read. So the game starts off with these dates and it says April the sixth, twenty one oh three. On its way from the Delta Tau galaxy back to Earth, the interstellar spaceship Errata enters the Zarquile zone. Our system, where they had to replenish their water and food supplies. So you're on a spaceship called the Errata. <laughs> that right there. The first time I read no that. No wonder like, I couldn't keep this ship up. No kidding. It's the Errata. Listen, we're on that ship every week. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> so then it says, the Errata picks up some human settlers fleeing from Zarkal. I hate it when the Zarkal attack. I hate it. <laughs> the, the, the settlers informed the captain that the Targoid insect people have installed... Listen, the Targoid are at it again. They've installed eight powerful reactors in Zarkal's network of caverns to exploit the planet's supplies of energy and raw material. Furthermore, the Targoids have, inv have invented an intricate security system which makes it almost impossible for strangers to enter the cavern. Uh-oh. You know, they are insects. So, the last entry, April the 8th, 2103, Nokdar, captain of the Arata, because, of course, is it just me this Nokdar? He's got to be wearing a loincloth, right? <laughs> he's the captain of the Arata. Because he sounds like he's in the wrong ship. He decides to take action. A hand-picked team consisting of the spaceship's five best pilots, that's a joke, is chosen to break through the security system and disable the reactors. Their mission is to find the hidden energy spears in the caverns and drop them on the reactors. This will cause the reactors to overload and thus destroy them. And with that, the game begins. So that is the backstory uh, that really is, I mean, I guess you sort of need to know that. But oh, you absolutely need to know that, but we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, so <laughs> let's talk about what you actually do in this game. They weren't kidding about this. You get five shuttles, which are these little ships, and your job in this game is actually pretty simple. You're on a, basic, a pretty basic map in your spaceship, and you've got to go through the map, find a little metal pinball. So that's what it looks like. Yep. A giant pinball. That will, that will basically attach to your ship or no. will be gravitationally there pulled you toward your ship. How about that? <laughs> and then all you got to do, simple, drag this pinball to the big glowing power uh, spear. What was this thing? What was it they called? Uh, the, uh, the energy spear. Uh, and, uh, no, the reactor. You have to drop the energy spear in the reactor. And then the, that will make the reactor explode. And then you move on to the next level. you got to do this eight times with the Brent. Yes. Now, but what... Well, you, no. You have eight levels. That's right. Okay, now, yes. Now, Brent, tell the people, what's the gimmick of this game? Okay. Apparently, the gravity is your worst enemy. <laughs> and I don't mean like, oh, no, there's a slight gravitational pull. No. This gravitational pull is the entire game. The enemy's inconsequential. The goal would be easy if you had any other mode of transportating these balls. The gravity, even though gravity is adjustable, you can actually set it to light, medium, or heavy, is the absolute biggest killer in this game. It continuously pulls your ship down or sometimes up or sometimes towards these little gravitational object things. And it, it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. Well, here's the thing. First of all, did you play the CD32 version of this? Absolutely or not. Okay, well, I mean... Why would anyone do that? <laughs> but, I mean, because that's basically the same game. I, it's, no, yeah, but I don't... So, I, I, don't, I just want to mention ugh. that. I, I played both, but, I, I mean... I dirty. I played both, and they're very, very similar. Brent's not a big fan of the CD32. I guess you noticed that. <laughs> uh, he had a bad microchasm experience. Oh, my gosh. The game almost killed me. But, uh... So, Brent sort of nailed the, the, the game on the head here with this. The, this game is, is like a Thrust 
or here it's sort of like lunar. If someone played Lunar Land, you thought to themselves, you know, let's mix in some blood money. In the, <laughs> in All the, right, that's fair. Into this game, that'll spice things up. And by God, they weren't joking. It spices stuff up big time. The uh, uh, you're perpetually being pulled down, and until except for the levels where you're being pulled up. Well, no, you're not. No, no, no. See, I that you know what that tells me? What you got off level one? No, I, I actually played all the levels. Oh, I you coded it? Yeah, no, yeah. now see, you cheated yourself. Well, I mean, I had to see because you're you don't get you always get pulled down. No, no. But there are objects that will pull you in a direction. Right. And if you shoot those objects, then normal gravity takes but back over and it pulls you down. That's still being pulled but up. It, but it's not gravity's fault. It's Listen, objects making you're, that's, gravity. You're, you're nitpicking. No, no, no. That's so, important. I'll tell you why later. Well, no, we're not going to listen. So anyway, on the first level of this, it's very straightforward. I think you'll agree. Even the first level, it's still hard, but the first level is very simple. You you start off at the uh, like on this very small uh, map You've got to kill two or three enemies. You see the pinball to your left. You go and grab it, and then you fly gingerly to the right, and you drop the pinball. You position your ship to where the pinball glides through. Off that slides. The speed. No, that's exactly you what you do. You don't gingerly do anything in this game. Well, that's true. I'm trying to be polite <laughs> to the game. Basically, you the ball doesn't hook to your ship. Okay, the the, the spear that you're picking up, it it ha- you exert a gravitational pull over the ball. That's part of the. This game, they thought to themselves, this isn't difficult enough. Let's make this ball stay like 10 ship lengths away from you. And so the ball, if it hits anything, it explodes. If it hits a wall, it explodes. If it hits an enemy, it explodes. Gets and shot. Blows. If it gets shot, it explodes. And now, so when the when you lose the ball, you've got to go back and pick up another one. Yeah. So that means no matter how far into the level you are, you've got to go pick up that next ball and go try again. So everything you do in this game takes it usually t- takes multiple ch- chances. Uh, what did you think, Brent? Before we get into the you know really killing the gameplay here, what did you think of the overall presentation, the the music, the graphical uh, uh, offering here? What what did it do for? Did you like it? Fantastic. Yeah, the music is is great. The sound effects are, are okay. They said they didn't do a lot for sound effects, uh, but they do have both. Uh, the, the graphics are colorful. Uh, they are smooth as absolute silk. Mm. Uh, the enemy variety is okay. I mean, the later levels have some, a uh, few better enemies uh, than the first level. The first level just has a few turrets and a few, like, orby guys that fly around and shoot. Uh, but they're all very well done. They're all very pretty. Uh, and, and colorful, because this is a game you can really just throw the mud filter on, even though Amiga doesn't do that, uh, uh, and, and call it a day. And they, I think they went out of their way to make everything look like it's something. I don't think the, the atmosphere, I don't think the uh, uh, surrounding structures and stuff really would make sense. It's not, I'm not saying that, but they look pretty. Yeah. I, listen, the, the, the game is a looker. It's got beautiful, like, backgrounds. I mean, like, deep backgrounds that set behind the actual gameplay that look real nice. The, even the orbs are, they're mirrored, you know, and they uh, the the big reactor, it looks really cool, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it looks, it's an excellent render of, like, a big, of a big cube. I noticed the ships in this that you, that attack you are really well done. Yeah. They're not, like, I mentioned that it was like blood money, but these ships are more intelligent than they are in blood money. And you could also adjust the, the, uh, the, how difficult the, uh, enemy, or how aggressive Aggressive, they are. You know, so that's, but I mean, I, I thought they did a good job on that. Your ship was cool looking. It's shiny. There's nice lighting effects. In this, it's a real sharp game. I, 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 the sound is okay. I mean, they needed more music, but the tune is, is good. Yeah. Well, I, I, I thought it was okay. Also, uh, something I love in this game is if an enemy fires and it hits another enemy, it still does damage. They can uh, make each other explode. I love when games do that. It, yeah. You know, it adds yeah. to the, I don't want to say realism, but, you know, it adds to the franticness of it all. You can also get enemies to drive into the wall yep. sometimes. Of course, you don't need their help doing that because you can also drive into the walls many times you want. You've got, aside from the fact that you've got mounted enemies, or you've got enemies that are flying around, you've also got mounted, like, gun turrets. You've got a rail. These rail guns were brutal, weren't they? Yeah. The things that slide back and forth shooting. Now, 
The kicker is when you shoot one of these uh, items, you can kill it, but it, it only goes away for a, a short amount of time, then a it comes short. back. Yeah. We should mention the hit detection in this game and how your armor and what works. So you've got a, a certain amount of damage you can take before you're destroyed. It's a, I would say it's a goodly amount, except for the fact that if you drive into like a, a solid object, it goes down in seconds. Yeah, you, it's quick. You, yeah. Uh, and so you can get killed immediately. In fact, I'll get into some of the problems I had that were just basically, I don't. The game manufacturers are just sort of stupid on some stuff. You also have to watch your fuel. Now, on the earlier levels, I didn't where I got this didn't come into play a whole lot. But the fuel is a big deal if you keep failing, uh, which that that did happen a lot. If uh, the thing about this game, if you fail that often, you're probably gonna die. Yeah. So you probably won't need more fuel, but you also have to have fuel. So if you, if you, uh, let's say you get the pinball all the way to the reactor, and right before you put it in there, the ball hits a, a wall, and you got to go all the way back. Then you got to start worrying about your fuel. And there are fuel uh, markers that you can pick up. Now to get these fuel markers, you basically have to almost touch down to get yeah. them. They're they're pretty low, uh, but you have to go get them to fuel back up and then try it again. There are also various points in the game where the, you'll have like lasers to go uh, go through, like laser gates. These things flash like you wouldn't believe. They're real tough to deal with. That was one of my least favorite parts of the game, was trying to get through these stupid laser gates. Uh, I didn't like them a bit. Uh, but overall, in terms of the looks and the sound and the feel of the game, I thought it was all, all that stuff was great. Where this game falters is the actual control of the ship. Um, being that this is a uh, game that's gravity based uh, and, and has that same sort of thing going as a, as a lunar lander uh, it, this makes the game exceptionally hard in terms of controlling your ship because as you careen through the level aside from the fact that you can hit other creatures and hit the walls and hit laser gates it's you have to contend with knowing which way you need to thrust to go a certain way uh, and it makes it very difficult to n navigate through the level without just straight up running the wall. Something else, if you get turned around and you're hitting that thrust, you're done. You're not. I mean, you're gonna go. How many times that happened to you where you just flew into a wall? And you were trying to regain control. Well, uh, I, I want to go through my piece when when you finish up your stuff. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, the uh, when you the the ability to option out some stuff, and we talked about this. You could turn uh, sound effects and audio on and off. Uh, to your leisure. They both play at the same time, which is nice. You can also change the, the gravity from heavy to medium to low, and you can also change the aggression of the enemies. Now, uh, I eventually, once I found the options, I turned the uh, enemy aggression off, and I turned the gravity to low. You know, what, lo what that means is it doesn't have a heavy pull on you. As heavy. The flip side of that is, the game. you can tell this game was designed for the normal, for the, what they would consider the medium gravity. Okay, and, gonna, and now here's why. Just right out of the gate on the second level, if you, have, if you have messed around, if you've monkeyed with the gravity, the second level starts you above a laser gate. On normal mode, if you if you have normal mode on, you don't touch your joystick. You just you'll go right through the laser gate and not die. Okay, on any of the other modes, you'll instantly be killed if you try to go through it because the, the since the gravity's changed, you you won't fall at the rate that they had planned on you going through, which leads me leads me to believe that this was a like a late uh, addition to the game where, they, where you could monkey with the gravity, and really I found turning the gravity. To make it gravity easier didn't really help me perform any better, and especially if you've played for a good while on a certain gravity and you change it, it really screws you up. Yeah. It, it, it made it a lot harder. I will say turning off the enemy aggression does work, uh, but the enemies generally aren't aren't that bad. They're not. The, yeah. It's mostly just hitting stuff and those stupid gates, and also keeping your ball from exploding. That was and so. What ends up happening is the game becomes very, very frustrating. It's a frustrating experience uh, right out of the gate. And they really, with the exception, even the first level, it took me about 10 tries to try to get a handle on what I was doing. And once I got past the first level, I thought, you know, there might be a game here. 
The second level was just way too difficult with the laser gate. The laser gate ruined this game for me because uh, it's so hard to get through. You get so little time. And what you ultimately have to do is turn your ship around and sh and shoot your thruster down to get through it real quick. And then you've got to spin the ship back around so you don't hit a wall or the floor under there. And there's all kinds of this sorts of thing all the way through it. And, that, and, it, and it just makes you want to quit. And, and so I did after a while. But I did managed to look at all the levels because the game has a password system uh, for the levels. Uh, it's different on the uh, CD32 than it is for the Amiga. That's due to the fact there's no keyboard, obviously. Uh, but it's it's basically the first three letters of the Amiga passwords will work on the CD32. Uh, and they work. I looked at the different levels. I looked at the ending. There's also the ability to have unlimited lives. Uh, I wish they'd had the ability to just, I don't know, Turn off collision make detection. Make it, yeah, turn it makes them invulnerable <laughs> or something. That might that might have been kind of fun, you know. But uh, uh, the uh, it it's it was. I think there was a lot of potential in this game that they just that they dropped the ball on, man. And I, I have a feeling they got well into this game before they realized that this was going to be a problem. I think they were probably past the point of no return. What what are your thoughts, man? I don't hate this game. All right. Um, That's a thought. I know exactly what happened during development. All right. Uh, they played this game for a couple hours. And after you get through that initial this game is impossible segment of play, you start to get a feel for it. And once you get a feel for it, the game is almost not horrible. Um and, and what I mean by that is this game could have been more. The, the potential was there for this to be a lot more than what it was. Because at the end of the day, uh, this is a, a thrust in a maze where you have to drag things behind you that, have a, that your ship has a gravitational pull. And your ship, you know, the way the, 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 uh, the silver balls attract your ship is actually really cool. Because uh, you can definitely fling them out, and they just fly away, and they're gone, and you have to go pick up another one. So you have to be real careful when you're moving around. The first hour or so of play, I, I, I'm trying to think. I think I played this for about two and a half hours before my mind turned to goo. Uh, the very first time I turned it on, because I skipped all the story, story stuff, I was like, what am I supposed to do? I didn't know about the silver balls. I didn't know about the, the blue balls. All I knew <laughs> were their enemies, and I had a ship, and I was trying to fly it around to find somewhere to go. And there is nowhere to go, so I killed all the enemies. All the enemies just respawned. I'm like, what is going on? And I just happened, just by happenstance, flew close enough to one of the silver balls to attract it to my ship, and it, it started following me. And from there, I kind of pieced together what was going on. In fact, the very first time I turned on this game, I turned on the game, I was, I, I had my control set up, I plummeted to the ground and exploded. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> so my next man comes up, and I'm like, okay. So I hit the thruster, and I thrust right into the ceiling. I'm like, okay, what is going on? The learning curve on this game is astronomical. It is absolutely astronomical. But if you can get past that, and it's going it's to take some people 30 minutes, it's going to take some people several hours. Once you get past that initial learning curve, the challenge of the game is actually pretty fun. Yeah. There's only eight levels. I never made it past level two. I, I got the ball. I was coming back down. I got killed by a laser a few times. Yeah. I was just like, did you turn off the laser gate no. when you were playing it? Oh, shooting the little button? Yeah, you have yes. to, that's the that's the key. But it comes back on. I mean, you can pass through those gates, but you have to be a, a super fast. Yeah. And so that means you have to turn them off. Well, the problem is, much like the respawning of the enemies, they come back it comes back on real quick. And so I it just that's a bad element to the game. There should have been what I would have liked to have seen is where you could just destroy the like one of the laser gate sides. Well, Here's, you know what I'm here's how this game could have been made better. If you kill an enemy, it stays dead. Yes. And have, if you want it so it's there's, it's still more frantic, there's still more going on, have respawn places for the enemies that would 
uh, that you could destroy and stop. So you have enemies on the board and that you kill them and then you can kill the respawner and that adds more targets and it, it feels like you're accomplishing things, right? Because you have the fuel, the fuel gauge, which means you can't just fly around and kill everything and then do what you're supposed to do. There's, you'll never have enough fuel. Uh, but if there's a tricky area and you want it, these enemies are really annoying because some enemies just shoot off in every direction. Uh, and it's not one hit kill, so you can take several shots. Uh, but some enemies you want to clear them out of this area so you can focus on flying. That, that's fix number one. Fix number two, <clears throat> having the pull of the gravity the way that it is, the game is actually fatiguing. Having to readjust your ship and fly up a little bit and then readjust your ship, fly up a little bit more is very fatiguing. It is hard to play. You actually get tired playing the game. Uh, if they would have made the the movement, and I know this kind of takes away from the from the game of what the game in the spirit of the game, but if they had made the movement more like asteroids, where there is a way to stop your 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 push, your inertia, uh, or maybe have a special thing that you, you can only trigger once every 60 seconds or something that stops your ship completely dead and gives you a chance to breathe. That would have been fix number two. Fix number three, the boards, especially later boards, although I did not get to experience in them the natural way of going through the things, and I'm sure I would have learned eventually how to get through stuff. Yeah. But the boards in the later level are huge. They're way, way too big for this type of game. I think if you were to compress some of that down, make instead of having eight boards where the last five boards are gargantuan, have 16 boards. You know, I think that would have been better. Um, I think the first board's too small. I think yeah. the second board is is, too hard. is right getting the there. Um, it looked like the third board, the size of that was about right. But I think this game had a lot of potential yeah. that it didn't live up to. I think it had all the pieces there and I think that what really killed them was they got used to playing their game. So for them, flying around wasn't an issue. But when they give this to the general public, if someone sits down in front of this game for five minutes, they're going to hate it. If they sit down in front of this game for 30 minutes, they're going to hate it. Yep. If they give it two hours, three hours, which is a big commitment, a big commitment for when you're not having fun for three hours, just so you can start having fun. That's a tough sell. Yeah. That's a tough sell. Yeah, and you and you you really you have to master the flight mechanics, right? I mean, that's just that's part of it. You just got to. And then now this game has a few offerings. We didn't touch on this, but you know, we mentioned the laser gates. We mentioned this stuff. There are there are buttons and 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 levers hidden or hidden around. I wouldn't say hidden. They're in plain sight. That you shoot to cause things to happen. Things yeah. turn off. Things launch. And all that's awesome. It is. There's also, you, I, and I never got to this, but there are also power-ups for your uh, for your uh, weapon, which I never eh, got. Yeah, but... You know, but shooting stuff was never that, that huge never a deal. That was the issue. Yeah. Uh, it, what they need is a power-up to make the ship less hard to drive. This game, I think I would have liked this game more if they'd taken the... Gra like you said, if you take the gravity out, I think I'd like it would have been more fun, but then again, you lose what makes the game sort of special. So, you know, and it's based around that. So it's it's a real strange... They almost got it. I mean, yeah. I agree with... I mean, I think well done. That was a well-said thing. I agree with you. And this is a game where... And I looked at some of the reviews on Lim and we were talking about this, and some people were like, this is a 9 out of 10 game, and some people hated it. Yeah. And and it was just... it. Was, I came down to simply some people had a better time mastering it than others, And but it's a difficult game. It's I mean, it's too difficult. They, they screwed up. Which is probably why we never heard of this game. By the way, I don't want to go through this without mentioning that I think the name sucks. Uh, yes. It's, the name is horrible. They could have come up, as, as, and their backstory is not good either. But if you're going to have a backstory like that or a game like this, Fly Hard sounds like something you'd like a jet plane game. You know, you think like you think of something like that, not a spaceship game like this. I think this. Uh, I think they named it very stupidly. Um, I mentioned that uh, this game got a uh, release on the C64. I, I didn't play the C64, Brent. I don't know if you did or not. Absolutely not. Uh, but uh, I've heard pretty good things about it. Uh, you can see it here if you're watching the stream. Um, I like what the C64 did. The C, you know, when they put this together, they did they they kept the, the what makes the game the game in the you know in terms of the thrusting uh, of the ship, the way it handles, and the way the uh, the way you move to the map. 
You know, so it looks like a pretty good effort here. Uh, but uh, I, I'll have to say that uh, I would have to see how it played on C64 to give a solid uh, yay or nay on it. Because if it played exactly like this, then you're going to probably have a problem. Yeah. But uh, it's a, I think this is another, boy, how many times have we said this on this show? A missed opportunity to uh, come up with something really awesome. It's it's sort of a sort of a, uh, a shame. Uh, I did look some reviews up on this uh, just to see how how it uh, scored uh, on the uh, on the uh, charts here. So uh, Lemon now Lemon has the scored for both the oh I should mention the C, the uh, CD32 versus is the, I couldn't tell a difference except for the you know the controls uh, and the fact that you don't type on it and you know otherwise I don't, I don't think they did anything. Um, Lemon gave the uh, the original version this a 6.64 the AGA version actually got a lower score at a 6.10 I always love when that happens where they actually can the uh, bigger one uh, Amiga format now listen to these scores by the way all right uh, Amiga format gave this an 87 percent mm, okay that's a little high Amiga power gave this a 90 percent okay that's the high. one these are all British. Gave it an 83%. Now, these are British magazines. They all sort of liked it. Yeah. Oh, that's not sort of liking it. That's a lot liking it. I mentioned that this was uh, released in Germany, right? So, the German magazines, you'd think to yourself, well, the German magazines probably are cool with it. Amiga Joker, renowned for, they love hate and hate everything else. They mounted the top rope and dropped the big elbow on this one, 34%. No. But not to be outdone, ASM... Also, a German magazine, their scoring systems out of twelve, Brent. They gave this the big O. Now, see, that's they said it was unplayable. So nah. they they absolutely killed this thing. Anyway, the average magazine rating according to Lemon was seventy four percent. Now, we actually and I got, think that's a little high. We actually got some uh, listener reviews of this thing, Brent. If you can believe oh. it, I know it's not like ARG at all. So, uh, Fly Barkbit chimes in. Fly harder review. Call me crazy. Okay, you're crazy. Boy. But I think a computer gate should be fun. <laughs> wow, I think I, see nice. where, I think I see where this is going. <laughs> Starbright apparently didn't get the memo or simply ignored it because fly harder is a mess. Controls are standard lunar lander slash asteroids type, but work horribly thanks to the gravities. Yes, there are several <laughs> that pull your ship in different directions, leaving you slamming into the walls, losing massive health. Not fun. You have insta-death lasers in your way that can be turned off at reset way too fast. Not fun. The enemies you encounter are hard to hit, hard to kill, and respawn way too fast, which makes the game not fun. And as if things weren't hard enough, you have to guide a fragile ball through this monstrosity. Not fun. The graphics are okay, but the music is forgettable, and the sound effects are suspiciously similar to other games of this era. I didn't have the time or the patience for games like this back in the day. And I sure as heck don't these days either. Two out of ten. Oh, harsh. Bark bit dropping a hammer. Pixels at Dine, our good buddy. There are many single player thrust games on the Amiga. Thrust games on the Amiga. This one looks good, sounds good, music and sound effects. But there are just too many design decisions which stack the difficulty against you. You have to take out the enemies, but they respawn quickly. Picking up extra fuel requires you to go very close to the surface. Yeah, forget about it that. Is a it is oh so easy to get out of control, even on light gravity settings. Unlike standard thrust, where things you carry are attached to the ship, in this the movement of the orbs is amplified by your momentum, which means moving at more than a snail's pace is a death sentence. I enjoyed playing this, but even with the infinite lives cheat turned on, I couldn't get past level two. Welcome to the club. Despite knowing exactly what I needed to do, a missed opportunity, three out of ten from <laughs> Pixels at Dawn. Super Famous King chimes in. Uh, Lunar Lander clone on the Amiga. Yes, please. I've always enjoyed thrust-style games over the years, albeit in small doses, so Fly Harder was an exciting prospect for me this week. Upon playing, you can instantly tell that the inertia... At play here is way too powerful, and that's before you even pick up fuel orbs in your beam. Once you do that, controlling your craft while trying to watch the fuel orb at the same time is next to impossible. I did have more success with the keyboard control, but respawning gun turrets and insta-death lasers continue to frustrate. I'm guessing this was a budget release. It's a simple gameplay of moving fuel cells from point A to B while shooting enemies and switches is all you do, and it isn't flushed out in any way. The graphics are nice. Plus, it has 
both in-game and sound effects. I feel like if uh, I stick with it, my skills could improve, and it does have that one more go feel to it. Overall, I actually don't mind fly harder in small doses. Anything more, however, and I can see broken joysticks and keyboards laying around my game's room. Yeah. Six out of ten, Ooh. Brent. Six out of ten. Not bad, though. That's the that's the best we can do on that one. Um, one last bit of housekeeping on uh, Fly Harder. I looked this up on the eBay, Brent. I'm looking at it right now. And um, you can get a complete inbox copy of this bad boy for 20... It's in Australia. Get ready to pay some shipping. 23 bucks. Yep. Uh, if you're in Italy, uh, you can get $55 to take it to the house. That's U.S. dollars. And if you're in Germany, a place where this game is reviled, uh, $65 are best offer complete inbox. So they are out there as long as you don't live in the United States because we get nothing. Get nothing here. Any final thoughts on this particular effort, Brent? No, I think I've said my piece. There I you think go. I've said my piece. There you go. And with that, let's go over, Brent, and have a look at what's new on the YouTube site this week. Oh. Right, here we go. Bam! It's like magic. So, right out of the gate, Brent. Let's talk about what we did. Oh. Since we're here, because we're great. I know what we did. What did we do? Tell uh, people. Actually, I can't remember. You dipstick. <laughs> we did a show on games parents hate. <laughs> I know a kid parents hate. He's back there. So, this week, we did games parents hate. Uh, Brent, tell them what you chose. I. He chose Donkey Konga. Donkey Konga. Oh, you I thought idiot. you were talking about this week. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, why do you want me to announce what we played? We quick, haven't done the show yet. Quick, get Boat on the phone. <laughs> For God's no, no. sakes. He's as dumb as he is stupid. Yes, Brit picked Donkey Konga, a game that includes actual bongos. Thank you, Brent. They're very good. That's a, I can see how that would be annoying. <laughs> I went old school and just picked Splatterhouse, games that would make your parents want to kill you because it's so disgusting. This game is so hilariously stupid that it's appealing. I actually kind of liked it. The more I played it, the more I got into it. Uh, the plot of this is ludicrous, but I do like the fact that you play a, uh, a steroided-up serial killer who's actually a nice guy who put on the wrong mask that day. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we had a good time on ARG this week. Now, speaking of me, Brent. Do we have to? Yes. Oh, all right. Listen. A few weeks ago, I was feeling down and funky. And so, you know what that means. It's time to play some ZX Spectrum. Oh, all right. And play ZX Spectrum I did. Uh, in fact, we played a brand new game for the ZX Spectrum called Asteroids RX. Ooh. RX, Brent. This is a release where we actually had the fellow that made it in the chat. Oh, uh, awesome. He was a real nice guy. And uh, he has a great game here. And we'll get to it a little bit later, but this is actually... Uh, on the uh, uh, high score challenge is Asteroids RX on the Spectrum. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Then we went on to play a bunch of other Spectrum games, including the, I almost had a conniption right there on the stream, Brent, when we were playing this god-awful cowboy game that I got screwed. I had to go all the way across the desert. I got attacked, attacked, attacked. They whittled me down, I whittled me down. And then once I got to the town, as soon as I got to town, I was arrested and thrown in prison. <laughs> I've never been so angry. I think that sounds fair. No, no, oh. it wasn't fair. It was crap. It made me so mad. Anyway, if you want to see me get mad at the Spectrum and have a good time playing Spectrum, pop in, check that out. That was a fun stream that we did there. Next on the dock, and holy smokes, uh, the Brent. You know, I'm just looking. I, I, I skipped backwards a week. My bad on that, but that was a fun stream. Let's go back to our new R. Sinclair stream, and this time it's myself in the boat, Brent. And we were playing a little game called Heavy on the Magic. You ever played this one? I've never heard of this one. Me either. Uh, it's, a, it's a crazy game where you are a, a mage. That Look at the graphics on this, the Brent. Yes. Uh, they're quite remarkable. And what makes them real interesting... Ooh, look at that animation. Yeah, man. yeah. Is the fact that this game is a text-based game. So you actually are typing in the t your text commands that are followed... Uh, in that middle screen area, and then your uh, and your guy carries out your commands on the big screen. Could you make him dance? No, you don't. Oh. It's not that. Uh, it's not that. Uh, oh, uh, choose, it's out. choose the command. Well, I mean, it's based. just like a text game. Look oh, at yeah. that. Get yeah. that. That's what it is. This game was remarkable. I, I like this game more than the boat. I'm not going to spoil the episode, but uh, check it out. I thought this was a real unique game. I mean, 
this game won all kinds of awards, and you can see why, because the graphics on this were off the freaking yeah. charts. Yeah, man. the animation is incredible. Holy smokes, it was really good. So check out Arson Clear as we look at heavy on the magic. I can't say it like boat. Boat says it like it's 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 dirty when he heavy says it. On the magic. Speaking of boat, boat was an active boy this week. He was he had some time before vacation, and so he got a little pit stop two uh, action on the color computer two. Uh, Brent, do you remember playing Pit Stop 2 on the Coco? Oh, man, you're throwing me way back, so no. Yeah, well, we did play two players this I back believe in the day. You. I believe you. Uh, this is a Pit Stop 2 was a sort of a game that got ported to a lot of different different machines, and Boat, uh, Boat played it. We're going to be covering this as a, in an upcoming episode of, of, the, of the Coco show, so uh, check it out. You can just watch Boat play on there. No commentary on that one. Uh, now, Boat did do a stream, Brent. He called it Hang Out with Boat. Good oh, name. man. I'd like to hang Boat. No, hang out with Boat. Oh, okay. He actually plays, uh, amongst other things, he plays Exelon, which is a game we're going to be doing uh, shortly for R. Sinclair. Uh, he plays quite a bit of that, actually. It's a good-looking game. He also plays a little more Pit Stop 2. He tries out a couple different Moon Patrols. Well, which you're going to be playing in the future, which should be a lot of fun. Then, of course, you get to watch Boat play a round of golf uh, on Neo Turf Masters, and Boat stinks up the joint, as I recall. I watched most of this, and it was a it was a rough day on the on the on the greens for Boat. This guy was ham and egg. And on the greens, he said. Well, he didn't hear that too much. If, <laughs> if there's a little girl that screams in the rough, he would hurt her. Uh, Bo had Boat didn't like playing the golfer. This is some kind of tournament where you have to play the, the golfer of that or whatever land you're playing the course. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes he sense. was stuck playing the Australian guy, unfortunately for him. So that's that's the way it goes. Um, Brent, let's talk about uh, yeah. our good buddy Jack Flack. All right, I caught this stream uh, just the other night, and he he's entitled this cleverly. Jack uh, Spray Castle plays random games, Zoom Floppy, and what he did here was. He came into a big load of floppy disks. I think it was from a buddy. And so he just he would just go through, make sure they were gonna work, and then just load crap that was on the get on the disk. Oh, that's good times. Yeah, and that's he had, good times. He played a bunch. This was a long this might be the longest stream that Flack ever did. But he played uh, he played uh, a bunch of games, some crap he'd never heard of, and some crap that we all hated, like Transformers, he tried that. There were some demos mixed in here, Satan's Hollow, we both love that. Uh, he played uh, uh track and field or hyper sports I think that was hyper sports there so a lot of stuff and like I said some stuff he's never even played before and never even heard of awesome yeah jungle jungle hunt some of our favorites in here of course tetris so good stuff donkey kong clones you can't get enough of that stuff so if you want to hear uh flack go to work on some c64 check this out always a good time and this was a really good stream i really had a good time with this one uh myself so Let's go over here to Jetpack. Holy smokes. What a game this is. This is uh, our good buddy Hermski playing some ZX Spectrum Jetpack, Jetpack Advanced, and Jetpack RX. Now, Jetpack RX, I believe, was done by the same fellow that did Asteroids RX, the new... Uh, that he it was a remake he did, they, and he mentioned that on stream. So I'm going to check this out. I have to see. I have played Jetpack, and it's a great game. Yeah. Have you played that on? Did we absolutely have we played that on ARG? I can't remember. I, I've played it. I don't know. We haven't played it on. I don't think we played it on a show. Hermski uh, always does good stuff, and this looks like another winner. Listen, you can't go wrong with the Jetpack. I love that stuff, and I, I actually want to go back and watch the Jetpack RX part just see what that looks like because I don't have the copy of that. Um. Lastly, on the docket, uh, the Brent, and this is our good buddy, Frodo and L. The first year, and Brent, this should interest you, the first year of the N Nintendo Game Boy Color. Oh, yeah. Good times. Yeah. Now, did you have a Game Boy Color nope. back in the day? Nope. You, I, I went from we Game, had Boy Game Boy to Advance. So you skipped over. what? Now, the Game Boy Color was mostly playing the regular Game Boy stuff with some stuff built specifically to give color. Is that correct? Correct. correct. Now, and so when you played a... Uh, when you played a uh, a normal Game Boy game, it just showed up in the color of your choice. Is that the way that worked? You would have palettes to choose from. I see. So you could turn the the three shades of gray to three shades of blue or green or you know whatever. Now, now as a kid, yes, uh, which yes, it's hard to believe that actually happened. <laughs> as a as a child, all right. Uh, Pretend you had all the money you needed. Would oh, you, did, nice. Were you interested in upgrading to this thing, or did you not give any any crap? Oh, about it? oh! If if 
if money was no object, yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 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 I mean, it offers more than nothing. Also, it was a much sleeker package than the large brick of a Game Boy I had. You know, I so. ended up I ended up with your Game Boy somewhere, I believe. Oh, that's called theft. No, no, no. I don't think that's what it was called. I think it was called, uh, uh, you know, what happens when you stumble upon something that somebody just forgot about? And it's theft. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's okay. still theft. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, you know, the Game Boy Color. I don't. I really have to say I have hardly any experience with the with the Game Boy Color. Uh, so I'm I'm going to check this out. It looks, you know, hey. Colors better than black and white. That's for darn sure. Frodo goes to work as always. I love Frodo's streams. Frodo always has a, a very diverse crowd, very chatty. Look at this Mortal Kombat 4 for the Game Boy Color. Now I'm intrigued. How did that happen? 1997. What the hell? Oh, by God, there it is. Something tells me this came straight from the deepest bowels of China. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mitsuyama says, I'm just borrowing your Game Boy for a very long time. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know where it's at, Mitsuyama, so oh. I think I gave it back. So that's that's called theft and then loss. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? You know, uh, before we move on, uh, I want to mention our good buddy, our sponsor, uh, our good buddy at Retro Rewind, Frank. Uh, we would be much obliged... If you would check out Frank Frank's wares over at Retro Rewind, he's always got a lot of good stuff on tap. Uh, if you're into the Commodore line of computers or just uh, wacky stuff in general, stuff like uh, chip straighteners, stuff like that, diagnostic tools, Frank's got you covered. He's located centrally, Brent, right here in North America, Bam. which that's a big deal if you are uh, used to ordering overseas for the longest time. If you owned an Amiga in the States, well, for the longest time, if you owned an Amiga in the States, no one knew what that was, and you were screwed. <laughs> but eventually, I don't care what Doug says, if you had one, you might as well have had a you, know, you had a moon rock or God knows what. But eventually, when you decided it was time to upgrade that sucker or do some work on it, you, had to, you were sending out checks to Europe. And take it from someone who knows, I've had stuff in the mail for like literally four or five or six months. Yeah. You know, and when I called them, they were like, oh, I don't know. You know, they don't know what's going on. You know, what are you going to do? Come get me? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to swim the ocean. So it's great to have someone who's reliable and located right here in North America. Yeah. That's the way you do it, man. So. If you are interested in picking up some C64, C128, Amiga stuff, please, won't you try giving Frank a chance over at RetroRewind.ca. A good guy. Good old Frank. All right, Brent. We're going to try this next segment here. This is going to be an unmitigated disaster. I'm going to tell you that right now, but we're going to try it. We're not going to, you know, normally when boats around, uh, he'll do a little thing called the Patreon song. Yes. You know, we're not going to do that. No. I can tell you that right now. But what I am going to do, the Brent, is I'm going to attempt to read the Patreon list here, and then you can co- make comments uh, at you, as you wish. Well, uh, well, hold on. Let me get in position. Yeah. Oh, what's that mean? That's a weird. Okay. So I'm just going to read these off. What? Would you shut up? <laughs> I'm going to read these off in a record speed here. And uh, we will we will see how we do. Now, uh, these could be wrong or uh, incorrect. They could be either wow. one. Wow. Wrong or so, incorrect. That's we would good. like to That's thank good. our following uh, good buddies, our good Patreon buddies. Uh, and these are in no particular order, I don't think. Maybe they are. I'm not even sure. So, let's start off with Chris Edwards, Mick Cheshire's, Ramo K, Ramo K, Dave Zilly, David Terrence, Explorer, Ben's, the Phantom Magnus, Ooh. Christian Russell, oh. Seth Yates, Alistair Fiend, Thomas Maine, Matt Holliday, uh, George F. Rosansky, Matthew Mobley's, uh, I hope I got that one right, that's a tough one to pronounce, Dave Caffrey, Crazy Loomis, Malcolm McDonald. <laughs> Is that a singer? Uh, uh, no. Okay, fair enough. Daniel Crabtree, <laughs> Brian Payton, uh, William Ver- Ventisgar. Anders, Captain Chaos. No, Art- no, 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 no. What? Captain Chaos. Yeah. By the way, if, if you have a cool guy name and I'm not reading it, you hopefully you know who you are because this is what I've got. Alexander Vojinik, Brock 101. I know him. Callie Jupiter, Richard 
P.S. Martin B. <laughs> Quest for Retro. Ole Johnny Devick. Yingfei Eid. David Z. Maurice Van Trage. Mark Bylan. Oil of Hope. Jonas Naylor. Ray Lane. Chartel. Paul Davies. Uh, Daniel James. Luke Hudson. Frodo and L. Craig Marshall. Alan Field. Bill Basari. Jurgen. Mr. Cola. Alan Galloway. Bernard Lucas. Switch page. It's loading. Here we go. Retro Jerry. Christian Giveslav. Data Dog UK. Simon Letch. Captain Crispy. Kilobytes of Caffeine. By the way, Kilobytes of Caffeine. He's back up and running. Check oh, out his nice. check, check out his stream over there. He's getting it together. He's just got he's already done a couple. He's done some stuff you'd like too, bro. Check him out. Cowbird Boy. Michael Keith. Pack Billy. Russ Smith. Gary Heather, Dante, Tommy Sorella, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobsterminator, our good buddy Doug over at Tinmark, 10-minute Amiga Retrocast. Check him out. He's great. Bernard Quinn, RMC, Neil, always great. Neil had a real good interview uh, yesterday with one of the original makers of King's Quest, Brent. That's awesome, but focus. It was great. Sorry. Tim Drew. Tim Drew. We love Tim. Over, uh, that, He's over at Pixel Gaiden. That's the absolute opposite of focus. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Daniel Williams, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Edder, Jeff Dorsey, Jost 80, Matthew Laramore, as we like to call him Evil Matt, <laughs> Barton Ben, Rolro, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Sean McRae, Leaf Kalan, John Cook, Level Lord, Kate Fox, Ricky DeRocher, Erlen Dahl, Zakshag. Oof, that's tough. Stefan, Sogard Mortensen, Michael Ryan, Edvin Helen, Marco Bruno, Christopher Hassel, Mark Goodland, The Amiga Show, Anthony Jarvis has got a great show over there, Adam Battersby, Darren Coles, Brutal, The Brutal One, Brutal Barracuda, Matt Soft, there's, you know, you can, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I thought about it. Alec Kebab, Eric Sundstrom, <laughs> Josh Nan, Tim Tommy, Homerstadt, Jason Warrens, Graham, W. Epke, Lane Denson, Rob, Flack O'Hara, John Marshall from just down the street. He works in Hurricane now. Laurent Giroux, I almost mispronounced your name, Laurent. I've always said it about a million times. Eric Nelson from Pixel Gaiden. Uh, Mark McDonald, Gary Hucker, Adam Bradley, Chris Foles. Chris Foles. County Virtual Sheep, Simon Pilgrim, Jonas Rulo, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage. And of course, Killboard Barman. There you go. There you go, Brent. Thank you. Now, yeah. can you do it one more time, but all the names backwards? Dave Velociraptor. <laughs> there you go, Dave. Listen, Dave, I don't make the list. I just horribly mispronounced the list. So, Brent, any parting thoughts this week before we take this thing? Oh, there are parting thoughts. I know I forgot something. Let's talk about our contest this, that we've had uh, going on. We've got a winner, Brent. We've got a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Man, I'm a winner. Not you. I'm oh. a real winner. Oh. Congratulations to Xenon K9. Ooh. He took nice. home he took home the the big money on Helter Skelter. And they'll be picking a new game uh, very soon for the Amiga High Score Challenge. Now, if you're interested in the ZX Spectrum Challenge. And I am. Well, the asteroids that we spoke about earlier, yes. that's right now that's your big dog. I'm, I'm uh, this will be running until noon BST on Monday, July 19th. Oh. All right. And if you're interested, they've got a version on the site that you can download so everyone's in lockstep because they're, nice. this game is sort of kind of officially released, and so they're catching the new uh, uh, re- revisions as they as they go through. Makes sense. So, oh, and I've just been informed that Slam Tilt is the next Amiga oh. Yes, the next Amiga High Score game. I do like us. We've played Slam Tilt. Here's a little tidbit for you. Oh. If you're a uh, person who doesn't have access to Amiga, the company, if you if you Google the company and then Amiga, you will get a, a, a listing uh, to a website of the company. They make PC-based EXE files that will play these games. And they've got a tremendous one that is all the pinball games on the Amiga rolled into one big EXE file. You just oh, run it, nice. you pick the one you want, and you're in. So if you have a, uh, if you just have a PC, uh, you can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong with that particular uh, particular item. Now, 
Brent, since you, I noticed that you've got the gimmick pulled up here, why don't you say hello to all of our people that are currently in the chat? Who we got with oh, us today? Right now. Just right do, now. Just, just read right it. Right, the, go right, right off down the, the line. Yeah. Uh, all, uh, uh, Get busy. Uh, Duncan Styles. Yeah. Pixels. Amiga Live. I ain't reading all these. You gotta so, read every one. No, no, I can't do it. I, I will read uh, the ones I can pronounce. Barkbit. Bike me. I like that. Hey, yeah. hey, Aaron, bike me, buddy. Yeah, I would like to hit you with a bike. Uh, Bitstorm. Belittle Milk Blop. Barack 101. Uh, Buck Owens. Christian Russell. Russell. <laughs> what is? Uh, um, Commander Root. Danvis Donuts. Dave Velociraptor. Del Morte 76. Demo Scene TV. Uh, oh boy, I'm gonna butcher this. Doodla's Doop Zab. Edvin, uh, my dearest, dearest, lovely wife. Fredo NL, Hermski. It's their fine. Jason Warns. El Curtis Boyle. Mitsuyama. Uh, Octims. Oil of Hope. Paul Kitchen. R Typer. <laughs> Telephone. <laughs> Mystery Text. Uh, uh, I, oh no, I've, missed, I've stopped, I've missed my place. Ricky Roder, uh, Robo Rara. <laughs> are, are you turning into Scooby Doo? <laughs> Robo Raggy? Robo <laughs> Super Tech Boy, Tawama Zama, me, VNK, Visgaro Pro, Explorer, Z9K9, and the guy at the top I, I skipped, Etten. There you go. Thank you for joining us, and I apologize for the Brent brutally mispronouncing your name, as I apologize for me. And if you're a Twitch subscriber, we appreciate it, but we do appreciate uh, all our uh, fine Twitch subscribers. Um, Brent, any parting thoughts before we take this, uh, we pilot this thing right into the... You, you knocked off your own mic, didn't you? Well, good. Then let me be the first to say that Brent's an idiot. There you go, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us for the Amigos this week. Next week, Brent, you won't be here for it, but myself and the boat have been tasked with playing a game simply known as Goblins. Goblins. So, next week will be Goblins. Um, please, uh, tune in, won't you? The boat will be back, and we will be back at full strength. No offense. <laughs> Until next time. Adios. <laughs>